them up, knock them down I'm the greatest in my town, I'm the greatest yeah. Welcome to the OGFY podcast. We have Luke Bacchus today here. That would be me, Caleb Fossum, across from me digitally in Hawaii, wearing a, I believe, a St. Louis Cardinals hat. We might touch yeah. base on that later because <laughs> I'm wearing a Yankees hat. But uh, just so you know, the podcast today is about gaining interest, landing a spot, whether that's on the field, you know, varsity, high school, professional, or off the field, you know, you're hitting an interview, you're trying to land a job, an internship, working for free. And then it's going to be about once you have that job, cool. What do you do that's a little bit extra besides just doing the damn job? So Caleb has uh, been doing this for a while. And by this, I mean answering a lot of questions in his DMs, OGFY's DMs. Um, the kid gets relentlessly hounded by people asking him, <laughs> how, uh, how did you go from – a hell of a senior year in high school football to not having a lot of options to a walk on at Washington state, a walk on in Nevada and the scholarship in Nevada and now an NFL helpful. So Caleb's going to hit you with a few topics right off the bat. So get us started. Um, yeah. So like Luke said, I've had a lot of questions from different people, high school, college, you know, non-athletes, just kind of how to kind of what to do and how to do it. And um, you know, I think it starts, you know, from the very beginning, it's all going to start with what kind of person you are. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, are you a good person? Do you respect people? Are you nice to everybody? Do you treat the janitor the same way that you treat the CEO? Do you treat your waiter with respect when you go out to restaurants? Um, you know what I mean? If Tom Brady can go through the Patriots and now the Buccaneers building and shake everybody's hand and introduce himself that he comes across, I'm sure you could do the same thing. So I think the number one thing um, for, you know, high school, college, professional life, um, anything that has to do with anything. I think being a good person is where you start of a, what should I do? Dude, I totally agree. And uh, I've had a few experiences with that myself of uh, I've been very fortunate enough to get some opportunities with some Inc. 500 companies and some CEOs um, and some people on paper that you would think are really, really successful and then you meet them in person and their success is like the second or third coolest thing about them. It's the idea of these people treat you like you're anybody else. I've had a meeting where I sat, I came to a meeting one time with an Inc 500 agency owner. His name is Taylor holiday. He's one of the biggest people I look up to in, in my life. Cause he's smart. He's brilliant. He builds awesome companies, but I got to this meeting an hour early. Cause I was like, dude, I gotta impress this guy. So I got there an hour early to this meeting and he was an hour late to this meeting. I sat in, the hobby for two or the hobby the lobby for two hours <laughs> for two, two hours the first hour my fault i was there too early you know i mean that's it, that's not his fault i was there i was there an hour early it's, i mean get there early but like now you're pressing on their time like <laughs> relax so he was an hour late and i got pissed right because i was thinking he did it despite me he was doing it to show me a point he apologized for the next 45 minutes that he spent with me I asked him for 15 minutes. He felt so bad. He, he spent over an hour with me, answered every question I had. He thought of better questions I should have asked him and then re-answered those. And he provided value. And I was some random kid at the time. I was 18 years old. And this, this guy treated me from a DM like I was literally his business partner. And yeah. from then on, ever since then, five years later, I'm just like, Dude, if that guy who I looked up to, yeah, he was not related to the, the meeting because he had more important things to do than meet with an 18 year old kid. He did. I and mean, he runs a business. And after that, dude, 
not even made up made up for it. He provided so much value to me and treated me literally like I was his business partner. And from then on, I was just like, dude, you can treat anybody, anybody, any level, the same way you treat anybody at any level. Like Absolutely. CEO, like janitor, the CEO, like the random 18 year old kid that hits you with an, a random cold email and asks for some, some advice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a little piggyback off that. I think your best friend, if you're an athlete at any school, any sport, um, you need to make best friends with your equipment managers. Your equipment managers are the key to your success. They are going to help you out when you forget something. Um, and they're great people. They work their butt off. They make sure practice is going smooth. They make sure games are going smooth. They do so much stuff behind the scenes that you don't know about. Um, so treat the equipment people with respect, uh, treat your trainers with respect because NFL scouts, college scouts, they're going to go to your athletic trainer. They're going to go to your equipment manager. They're going to ask what kind of person is he? Does he treat you with respect? Does he say, please? Does he say, yes, sir. You know what I mean? So that just goes back to being a good person. Um, the next note I have is, um, you know, truly for pretty much anybody in school and that can be, you know, business wise, but more on the field, um, it's have good grades. And that just ties into pretty much the person you are. I mean, how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you have bad grades, you're probably a liability on the field as well. We probably can't count on you. Uh, you know what I mean? In the fourth quarter, we need you to make a play. Are you going to make it? Are you even going to be eligible to make it because you have bad grades? So you might not be playing. So having good grades uh, ties into being a good person, ties into being responsible, showing up on time, doing all the right things. Um, so be a student, be a great student, and um, student comes before athlete. So Yeah, and even, even off the – off the field the idea of having good grades is just so simple as it just relates to just be reliable man like your job off the field is to yes. get your grades your job off the field is to the class and you know is take care of your academics you know so off the field even on the field that just relates back to just be reliable this is a job you have to do can you get it done or not like yeah it's yeah. a lot don't get me wrong i only played college sports for half a semester and it wasn't even the real season. So I'm, I can't speak exactly to the schedule and you can. Yeah. But tell me if I'm wrong here, but it's, it's the basis of be reliable. You know, can you take care of this stuff? Because everybody has to take care of it. It's not just you. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. this is the job and the, the dudes that are the elite guys, the uncommon people, the dudes, the, the females that just lead the team, you know, the women that lead the team, the people who lead the team are the ones that, you know, can take care of their responsibilities. So are you going to be that person or not? Absolutely. And, you know, it goes back to what you say, just being reliable. And, you know, I can touch on both sports. I played football and baseball at the Division One level. And baseball is by far one of the hardest sports to play while I go to school. I mean, uh, I remember our first trip, we took a 14-day trip and played, I think, like six games or something. Um, and I wasn't even really, like, playing, playing at the time. You know what I mean? So I was just kind of along for the ride traveling, and I couldn't even keep up with my stuff. And you know, it gets hard. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, there's definitely times where I was wasting time. I could have sat down, knocked out an assignment. You know what I mean? So don't procrastinate. Get in front. And a little FYI for the incoming freshmen, if you start, if you start off hot and you have good grades, your academic advisor will leave you alone. He'll trust you. So will your coaches. So, you know what I mean? If you start out and you're, you know, failing every class, then, you know what I mean? They're going to be on you. Um, the next thing I have is uh, great film. Um, and for, you know, the sports people, the, the athletes that goes for every sport, um, stick out on film. What, what makes you special? Um, and you know, Luke's going to touch on, you know, off the field, what that means. Um, but having great film is just, is popping out on the screen and you're making me want you by watching the first minute, first two minutes of your film, your highlight film, uh, whatever it is, uh, you're pulling me in using video and you're speaking to me through the screen. 
and it's going to make me want to come see you in person. And then, and then I get to the point where I ask what kind of person you are to those people. So that's going to, that's how you pretty much start. So for the people off the field, you know, who aren't athletes, who aren't trying to get a spot on the field, it's, uh, you know, maybe they're trying to get a job. So <clears throat> film is the idea of you're trying to gain interest, right? And would you say that's kind of what it is? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's the first step. Right. So it's gaining interest of from somebody who's gotten a lot of opportunities in business and, you know, just the workforce after dropping out of college, gaining interest is very, you know, in lack of better terms, it's simply defined as uh, portraying how you can give somebody value. And we're going to probably hit on that a lot harder because value might be like the specific word of the entire podcast. Yeah, we're, we're waiting on that. <laughs> you know, value is going to be the thing we really talk about. But even if you can't provide a ton of experience in a resume, even if you just graduated and you have zero experience, which was me once I dropped out of school. So it's like, yeah, I just technically graduated, but didn't graduate and I dropped out of school. So I have nothing to show, not even completion of, of a bachelor's degree. But this is how I'm going to provide you value, which is something I can get in later. Even not even thinking about a resume is film on the field is showing people how you can provide value. And off the field, if you don't even have a resume, you still have an opportunity to show them how you can provide them value, whether that's through sending people free work without them even asking for it, which I've done before, which has opened up so many doors. Or it's saying, hey, how do you need help? How can I provide you value? A simple golden question is ask. Hey, what do you need? Even maybe this is a, maybe this doesn't uh, apply so much on the field, but maybe tell me if I'm wrong. Is you realize a team just lost a slot receiver, a couple slot receivers, and you say, "Hey, realize you just lost X. Here's my film. This is what I can do for the team." Like, th does that make sense to you as an athlete? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that that would lead me to my next point, which is being a student of the game, um, study, and being a student of the game, um, to me, that's obviously studying film, studying yourself, studying opponents, um, but also studying the college you want to go to. Do your homework on that college. Like Luke just said, did they just lose a slot? Did they just lose an outside receiver? You know, during the whole NFL draft, I took note of every team that drafted a receiver just to know, you know what I mean, in case I got an opportunity to talk to that team, how many receivers they have on the roster, who's leaving, all that kind of stuff. Um, being a student of the game is studying the people, you know, at the professional level that that you admire. I love Julian Edelman. I will watch that, that guy's film over and over and over again, just to study how he runs routes to study his game, study his mindset. I literally copied his pre practice routine to a T during fall camp and the rest of the season. And it led me to a really great season my junior year. And um, so just being a student of the game and obviously Luke could talk about that in business, but um, just coming in prepared to learn every single day, um, you know, a big thing that I've learned over the last two years is having a notebook and writing down my goals. What are my goals for the day? Okay. So that's the small stuff, right? I wake up. What am I grateful for? Is probably what I usually start with. I'm grateful for three things, three things. I write it down and then I'll go through goals for the day. Um, and then I'll make sure that I repeat my goals for the year over and over and over again. And that goes into last podcast. We talked about speaking things into existence. Um, but you're always learning. You're always going through things and you're just trying to get better. Dude, absolutely. And the idea of providing value is always going to be there. But if you can provide value through researching somebody, not even through like the basics, you could, here's an example of something that I've done. So, you know, maybe it's not the right answer, but it's something that I did. You know, it's a specific tangible thing that has worked for me is uh, 
before my first big internship, my first like spot in the workforce, and it was an internship that literally changed the projection of my entire life and who I was introduced to was uh, before I got this internship at this company, I applied four times, twice to the CEO and twice to the hiring manager because one, yeah, great. They were hiring. Like, duh, that's simple. They were hiring for these positions. So I decided to apply. Two, I followed everybody that were that was in the positions that were in the positions at that company on LinkedIn. And I realized that one of them happened to change the company they worked for. And a week later, the company I wanted to work for that they just left were then hiring for that position. I already knew that because I, I, they were in my sights. Mind you, I sent four different applications and resumes and they never, never even replied. So I, you hear that and you're like, okay, Luke, that like, literally wasn't useful. Two weeks later, they opened up an internship and you had to compete in a competition to win it out of 50 different people. And out of 50 different people, I was one of the three that won it. And then I, I ended up being hired after my internship. And I was the youngest person of 80 people, of 80 people at this company. And I got told a little bit a little later, it was like, we read your resume, we read like the applications that you sent in. We read them and you said in like the second line of the third paragraph of one of them, that you knew that that person changed jobs and you applied as soon as you knew that's why. So it's, it's just the, the simple idea of like, people notice when you, when you do your research and take interest, they might not give you the notice. You might, they might not let you know that they noticed, but they noticed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that probably goes into the next point, um, which is creating opportunity for yourself. Um, and this all ties in a lot of stuff together, right? Um, and I was let, me, let, me, kid. let me rudely interrupt you. Yes. If you are doing anything right now about, and you are driving, you are working out, you're doing anything right now, and you're not really paying attention to what Caleb has to say, because I know him personally when it comes to this idea of finding a spot, creating value, his next point that he's going to hit, I need you to stop all your thoughts and just tune in for two to three minutes. I appreciate that. Um, and let me start by saying this. This is not a bulletproof plan. This is not the right way or the wrong way. This is just the way I did it. This is the way Luke did it. This isn't a one step. You know what I mean? Like this, this isn't, this isn't the only way to do things. You know what I mean? Luke has a great saying what you're saying. Yeah. It's like, uh, if you want to get to 10, it's just a theoretical number, you know, and you want to add two numbers to get 10, you can get the 10 plus zero, nine plus one, eight plus two, seven plus three. There's multiple different ways to get there. Yes. There's not one. So, Caleb's example is, for example, seven plus three. My example is five plus five. There's plenty of different ways to get there. These are just ours. And Absolutely. No, they, they did work for us, you know, given our environments and a bunch of other variables, but they work for us. So find your equation that gets to 10 and, you know, just take notice of ours. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I mean, for some of you guys, jobs might fall under your lap. Scholarships might fall under your lap. For some of us, like me and Luke, we had to really grind to get uh, – that just one look, you know what I mean? So um, creating opportunity for yourself, what does that mean? So I talked to a kid the other day and he was saying, you know, how did you do it? How did you get uh, offers? I'm like, well, I didn't really have any. So there's that. And I said, but do you have any offers right now? And he goes, <laughs> and he goes, no. And I go, okay, so what are you doing to get offers? And he goes, well, I'm just waiting. And I'm like, okay, well, what the hell is that going to do for anybody? You're just waiting. Like you're not, you know what I mean? So creating opportunity for yourself. Um, you know, I'll go into a little bit of a story. So social media is, is at your fingertips you're on it every single day okay um start using it the right way 
first of all, go make sure that there's nothing on your social media that's stupid. You know what I mean? Go unlike yes. and yep. do all that shit. Delete the stupid shit. Okay. That's, that's number one. Okay. But second of all, um, go find coaches, go find the CEO, go find uh, the receiver coach, go find the head softball coach and follow them on every social media that they have and DM them. Like literally that's what you do. Cause you might get a reply. Um, okay. So I don't know if I told the story about, you know, my dad was tremendous when it came to my recruiting process. You know, it came to emails. He sent, I, I shit you not, I think a hundred a day. Um, we hit up every single coach on every single program at every single level. Like that's how desperate we were. Um, but like that goes back to being a student of the game. Do your homework. I did my homework on each school. Is this the right offense for me? Do they have guys leaving? Um, do they throw the ball a lot? Do they, do they even have a slot receiver? So don't just go out and, and be desperate and want to go anywhere. Make sure it fits for you, you know? Um, and then, you know, we came across the walk-on opportunity at Washington state. Right. Um, so we go into, we go into fall camp. Um, you know, I get sent to scout team. I don't even know what scout team is. Um, and I'm like, man, I got to find a way to make this squad and make this travel bus because they're posting a list every single day of guys that would make the travel squad if we had a game that day. Right. And I wasn't on it one fucking time. So I keep checking and, uh, First of all, I'm going to every single fucking meeting. I'm not even on any special teams at this point, and I'm go showing up to every single meeting because, you know what, I'm going to learn it because if someone gets hurt, I'm jumping in, and I'm going to take a rep, and I'm going to know what I'm doing. So, you know, be ready to roll. Create an opportunity for yourself. Know what you're doing. So, and then field goal came around, right? We were doing field goal that day, and they needed to find a holder to hold field goals. And I straight up lied to my coach and told him that I held field goals all through high school. I don't know how to hold a field goal. I don't know how to catch a snap from a field goal. I don't know what you're supposed to do. I don't know even know what knee goes down. I went down to go uh, get in position to hold the field goal, and my kicker, Eric, yells at me and goes, hey, bro, that's the wrong knee. And I was like, yeah, I know, bro. I'm just getting comfortable. Like, what? fuck you, you know? But I obviously <laughs> had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing, right? Um, so fast forward, I put, the, I put the hold down. Great kick. Uh, then he goes, all right, cool. You're going to be the holder. I'm like, holy shit, I started a spot. And then he goes, well, we got to see how you do in the live reps. Okay. Uh, ball goes high, put it down. Great play. That led me to the next day on the effort clips that they show after practice um, of who did a great job effort. I got a shout out from my head coach. I'm like, oh my God, I'm starting to create a little bit of value. Okay. They gave me a little responsibility and I took what I could with that little responsibility and I was the best holder I could possibly be. If you're good with a little, you're good with a lot. Okay. And then that led me to being on the travel squad. Okay. A week, uh, we're playing UCLA, the starting punt returner uh, misses the meeting. Guess who the backup punt returner is? Because I created value being in those meetings, doing great on scout team, continuously working. I'm the backup punt returner. That guy misses it. I'm starting that week. Okay, fast forward again. Okay, I'm the backup kick returner. I finally get a kick. I make something happen with it, and then I earn my spot. Okay, so just bringing value and doing great with the little that you're given just moves you up, moves you up, moves you up, right? Um, so just creating opportunity for yourself. If I wouldn't have, I mean, obviously I lied. I'm not saying go out there and lie, but you, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Fuck it. Um, and just create opportunity, you know, show that you bring some sort of value. We're going to touch on value here a lot in the rest of this podcast. Um, but Luke can go. I know he has a story about where he had to kind of go the same route about find, creating an opportunity for himself. Yeah, dude. And um, early in this uh, podcast, um, dynasty that we're launching for lack of a better <laughs> term um but also maybe not lack of a better term maybe a perfect, perfect term who knows um first thing uh you referenced the ucla game yeah you know who was there lauren and i were there and uh, <laughs> you guys were <laughs> oh she told me um 
an hour. No, okay, that's probably like probably two and a half hours before the game. She's probably with tickets. I was not ready. I did not dress. Yeah. Even though it was at UCLA, UCLA, it was probably 35 degrees and I was freezing the whole game. But I told every effing person within 50 <laughs> yards of me, that's my best friend. Ed right there. He's, he's right there. He's returning the punts. I was a third deck celebrity with Lauren. That game. I was awesome that entire game because I happened to know you and it didn't result in anything. Cool, but like it, made me, it made me feel good for probably, you know, like uh, all, of, all of 97 minutes. But going back to the idea of creating opportunity. So I've got, I've got two quick stories. Um, the very first one is how I'm in the position I'm in today. I have a very awesome opportunity. Uh, my business partner is in a project I'm working on is Jordan Palmer. Uh, he played in the NFL for eight years. His brother is Carson Palmer. He's one of the top, if not the top uh, quarterback trainer uh, in the country, training guys like Donald Watson. Um, he trained Mahomes years ago, but uh, Josh Allen, Kyle Allen, Sam Darnold, just the dudes are the dudes. So it, him and I are business partners now. But two and a half years ago, I DM'd him on Instagram and asked him if I could work for him for free. And you know what I did for six months? I took his Instagram stories for six months. <laughs> And did I think it was beneath me for a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I'm not like for a little bit it sucked. Yeah. I was introduced to cool people and whatnot. And like I had awesome experiences and he's great. He's one of my favorite people on the, on the planet. But like the work itself, like for a little bit kind of sucked. I was like, dude, like what, when is it going to turn to more this, this and that. And quickly after I was like, when is it going to turn to more? It was more responsibility and then more responsibility and the more responsibility. And then I got hired by another company he owns and I got hired by another company he owns. And then two years later, we're partners, partners. I'm not working for free uploading Instagram stories anymore because I created an opportunity for myself. And the idea of creating an opportunity for yourself, even out of nowhere, like I did with him, he had no idea who I was. And I had, the funny thing about him is I had no idea he played in the NFL. I had no idea his brother was Carson Palmer when I messaged him, zero, zero idea, which therefore shows I probably should have done better research. Yeah, he should have been a student of the game for sure. Big mistake. I, he told me who his brother was, and I was like, my Carson, Carson? <laughs> Jordan? You're jo- oh, oh, you're Jordan Palmer. That Jordan yeah. Palmer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 18, 19-year-old Luke should have done a far better job. But the, that idea of creating opportunities for yourself can go far beyond even just getting a job. So what's really funny is that uh, yesterday, I started this thing for myself. Personally, for myself, it has nothing to do with anybody else. It's, I'm calling it the 365 email initiative because I'm probably not good at creating brand names. So I could probably <laughs> come up with a better name. And it's the whole idea of creating opportunity for myself personally. Um, I'm cold emailing influential people that I want to talk to every single day. And yesterday, it, I emailed a guy named Greg Eisenberg, who is uh, – one of the product designers at WeWork, which is, you know what it is? Cool. If you don't, don't worry. It's not really important. You know who I emailed today? The CEO of Lululemon. You want to know why? Why the fuck not? Because he's already not replying to me because I never emailed him before. So what's the worst that can happen? He doesn't reply? Great. That happened before I started the conversation. It's the same exact thing Caleb just talked about of if you DM or message the quarterback coach, you know, or the grad assistant at every division one, two and three, college 
they're already not responding to messages you're not sending. So what's the harm in asking? What's Jordan the worst Palmer, that happens? Jordan Palmer wasn't responding to messages because I wasn't sending him any. So the worst thing that happens is no. The second worst thing that happens is he doesn't respond. And then the third, the best thing that happens is a conversation opens up and it's on me to close it. All we're asking for is, you know, opportunities. And it's going to take some experience of wording those messages, doing the research and doing all the things. It's going to take some experience of like learning the actual, like what and how specifically to do it, which we can get into, you know, down the line. Yeah. That's the opportunity of, or the idea of, are you going to create the opportunity and just go on a limb and, you know, go against maybe your inner soul a little bit. Like, ah, this is weird messing with this person. I don't want to annoy him. Because the worst thing that's going to happen is no. And you have to be okay, one, with hearing no. But more importantly, you have to be okay with just taking the shot and just asking. Well, I love that you just said taking your shot because I'm going to use the analogy of shooting your shot. I mean, um, Hunter Dale used to DM Demi Lovato every single day. And he probably still does. And you know what? She might reply one day. But no, seriously. Um, I'm probably telling like, him to stop. Yeah. No, but seriously, I mean, shooting your shot. I mean, that, that's a real thing. I mean, I shot my shot with this girl that I thought was crazy attractive, super beautiful. And now she's been my girlfriend for two years and it's changed my life. Okay. I shot my shot at Nevada um, football. I, I DM'd the safety coach. I don't even play safety. He responded. I got a scholarship to Nevada. You know what I mean? So shoot your shot. Like don't, don't let fear of the word no. Like who cares what no means? I mean, in certain, certain situations, no means no. But I'm saying, don't be scared to be told no, because I mean, you got to love no. I mean, that's just more doubt. That's more fuel to the fire. And then, okay, you're right back in the same spot that you were before that, before that conversation, before you sent that text, before you sent that DM to that coach. Um, so seriously, you have a tool at your fingertips. We're so blessed with social media and the internet these days, use it to your advantage. Um, and on the topic of social media, and the internet um, content absorption is the next big, big thing for me. And that's, if I would have known this stuff in high school, if I would have knew about the seven spiritual laws of success, the four amendments, uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck, a uh, podcast, if I would have known about all this stuff in high school, I think my whole life would have changed. Um, because I'm listening to Drake's new album when it came out, right? Cool. That's awesome. I wasted 20 minutes of my life listening to that album. I don't even listen to those songs anymore. I don't give a shit about it. Okay. You know what I mean? So start swapping songs for podcasts. Okay. Start learning something, start perfecting your craft, look up certain people, look up influencers, um, read a book. I read not one page of a single book, my whole high school and most of my college career. I didn't even buy, I was a walk. I didn't even buy books. I didn't own a book. I didn't buy one. Okay. So, and then, you know, a couple of years ago, Luke goes, read the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And it changed my life and it led me to another book and another book, another book. And the more that I've absorbed this stuff, I'm just learning more about things that I had no idea even existed. And it opens your mind, gets you creative. And it just creates more opportunity for you to show that you bring value. You bring value, you bring value, you bring value. Totally. And uh, to riff off of that idea, just by itself, it's, uh, it's something that, you know, we all hear a lot, but you actually re-brought it up like a week ago to me. And I think I, we probably referenced it in the last podcast or two and it's uh you're the culmination of the five people you hang out with right and uh no we all hear it and this might be repetitive if you've been listening to the podcast the last couple episodes but because of the digital age because of social media the five people you hang out with you may never actually ever be in the room with so when i was 18 19 the person i hung out with the most besides like my family and my best friends and my girlfriend was gary v 
And at the time, it was the most influential person I could hang out with. So looking at the five to 10 people that you hang out with, whether that's you listen to their YouTube videos, their podcasts, you look at their Instagram stories, you read their Instagram captions, you read the comments in their Instagrams, their Facebook, everything. Those are the people that you're giving your time to. <clears throat> so what are they giving you back? Because when I was 19, Gary Vee was giving me back a lot of ideas about how dropping out of college made a lot of sense for me. And he was one of the biggest influences that made me drop out of college. And my parents probably, if I said, hey, who's Gary Vaynerchuk? They'd be like, Gary, what? Our last name is Bakken City, and I can't even spell Vaynerchuk. <laughs> who is that? And the other idea is the idea of, in high school, from experience, Caleb and I used to listen to this dude named Bradley Martin. And he was a huge fitness influencer. And he was all about bodybuilding. The dude takes steroids. It's obvious. I mean, especially obvious now. But when you're 18, you're like, eh, maybe he's not. Even though He kind of looks natural. <laughs> yeah, like, when you look at it five years later, you're like, this dude has been on steroids for 10 years. He's cool and he's great. And he makes a lot of good content all that stuff. But as athletes, he was a poor person for us to listen to. Absolutely. He, he made us lift like lift really poorly that wasn't specific or not even specific but like it made us far less athletic because we were too tight and lifting in a poor way and all of that stuff but we thought we were making progress to listen to that stuff fast forward six months later i've got serious elbow and shoulder injuries he was a terrible person to listen to because i was con this idea that denzel washington said one time who's my favorite person on the planet the idea of confusing movement with progress we were doing a ton of movement and we were making zero progress. Had we listened to an audio book on Audible, had we listened to a podcast that would have broken some ideas for us mentally and restructured them to be more positive, had we just stopped working out five days a week doing, or five days a week, but working out probably 11 to 15 times a week like we were, and just attacked the idea of getting better on the field and even off the field in a more strategic way that was specific to what we were trying to do, we would have gotten a lot farther. So the idea of do not confuse movement with progress because it might seem cool because you're curling 60 pounds when you're 15. Uh, <laughs> you can't throw the ball across the diamond like I couldn't because uh, my arm hurt all the time from lifting too heavy. Um, which one do you value more? Big biceps or uh, throwing the guy out of first base? Because that can accumulate across the, the field, across the court, and off the field and off the court because it's like, uh, yeah, Making a bunch of content and doing a bunch of things should be really cool if uh, some people watch it. But if it's not helping you develop the skills to land a job interview, to get answers in the DMs, to op, you know, maybe land a job and craft your skills to just provide value to other people, then what are you, what are you doing with your time? Absolutely. And I mean, that, uh, the, what do you value more? And that's going to go into my next point. And um it's going to suck, dude. I mean, and if you're the high school guy that um, we can talk about, I mean, you're going to miss out on shit and it is what it is. You're not going to be able to go to that party. You're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to, you know, I, I've missed weddings. I've missed, I missed my own high school graduation. Um, yeah, you, did. you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's because I had a job to do with football and I had to go do it. And um, you know what I mean? And I would have maybe missed out on opportunity if I didn't go do what I had to do. So, you know, what do you value more? What do you prioritize? Um, you know, it's opportunity cost. So missing out on fun and going to do the work that you need to do to be successful. Sometimes, you know, in high school, telling your girlfriend, no, 
I can't hang out today. I got to go do this or vice versa. Telling your boyfriend that's nagging you that, wait, why are you always going to the gym? You know, I got to go work out. You know what I mean? So prioritize what you need to do. Um, missing out on fun, maybe not eating that stuff that's at the family barbecue, you know, cause another big thing for, especially for athletes is the eye test. Are you passing the eye test? Do you look good with your shirt off? I mean, that's plain and simple. Um, do you look the part of an athlete? Um, and that's, that's the stuff like your diet, you know, what you do on a daily basis, what you're putting into your, your body, your mind, your brain, through your ears, what are you absorbing? Um, and is it making you better? Is it, you're either getting better or you're getting worse every day. So what do you value? And what is your end goal? That's why writing down your goals is so important. So when it comes down to, should I have a protein shake or should I, you know, smash that pizza? Okay, should I go to the gym because I haven't worked out today? Or do I go hang out and get hammered on that with my friends? And it's like, you know what, dude? Um, am, I, am I at in life where I want to be right now? And if you're not, then you should probably double check yourself. So go back and check your goals that you wrote down on that piece of paper or on your wall. Um, and that was just a point that, you know, made me think of that about, you know, what do you value more? Dude, and uh... Uh, I can riff about people that inspire me. So off of that Denzel Washington example is a Will Smith example, who was my second favorite person who competes for my first favorite person on the planet. <laughs> and he tells the story of uh, eating pizza and it's, which is like, okay, it was like, yeah, okay. I love pizza. It's the idea of self-love and uh, being relentlessly honest of self-love to yourself. Uh, obviously self-love to yourself. That's redundant. But the idea of, a dude has an opportunity to eat pizza or not eat pizza. That's the opportunity. That's a choice. Do you love yourself enough to let yourself eat the pizza? Or you love yourself enough to know that that's not the right choice for you and to not eat the pizza? Because you hear that and you already know what the answer is. But do you actually love yourself or not? Because being relentlessly honest with yourself, in my view, is loving yourself more rather than not. Because uh, there's a big thing that I learned in the David Goggins book. Uh, can't hurt me is the idea of being utterly confrontational with yourself is not being too hard on yourself. It's literally loving yourself more and appreciating yourself more, your body, your mind, your spirit. It's literally appreciating it more. So I've been called out plenty of times because I, I, I've said on my social media saying like, uh, I felt fat. I felt over just overweight. I felt slow. I felt tired. And I really not like myself. And people are like, dude, like, relax. Like, stop taking yourself so seriously. And it's like, yeah, cool. But actually, I am taking myself seriously because this is my life. First, it's my mind, it's my body, it's my spirit. But two, it's uh, if I can't call myself out on it and be honest with myself, I'm never going to take any advice from anybody seriously enough. So it's the idea of uh, being utterly confrontational with yourself, whether that's priorities of, uh, hey, significant other uh can't hang out tonight uh i would love to watch hamilton on disney plus because it just got released <laughs> but i can't because uh i get a meal prep because i uh really have to hone in on my resume right now and this is an open time i have right now uh i really have to work out right now um i really have to have this really important conversation with somebody important in my life right now and right now i can't hang out with you being utterly confrontational with yourself is so dramatically important and so dramatically, so dramatically proof of self-love that I can't even stress that enough of you really have to look at your priorities and, uh, and see, you know, where do they fall? Do you really, really like love yourself and the goals that you have in your mind and like the dream, or is it just like a, an idea? Which one is it? Absolutely. Um, and that just, I mean, I, I only have one point left and it just says value. 
And value to me is everything. I mean, what do you bring to the table? What do you bring when you walk into a room? Okay. Um, and that just goes for everything. I mean, show that you can do everything and do it well. You know what I mean? Um, that you get responsibility that you could take on more and you can handle it. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, I remember when I was playing baseball, um, I was just trying so hard to make that travel squad. I mean, nothing was promised to me. I was walking on um, at Nevada for baseball and I just, I had to do everything I possibly could. So if it came down to charting the pitches, I was going to be the best damn pitch charter that there was. If it came down to get, catching foul ball, or getting foul balls, retrieving them, I was going to go run as hard as I could to go get those foul balls. You know what I mean? So sometimes doing the dirty work, the work that nobody else wants to do, but doing it well is going to pay off in the long run because it shows that you bring value. And later that week when I was working my ass off, not knowing if I was going to make the travel squad for that 14 day trip, he said, I don't know who's traveling this week, but I know Fossum is because he brings value. Um, he brings energy in the dugout. I got to be dugout captain. And you're damn right I put that on my resume because I'm proud of it. Um, you know what I mean? And that's just – it's just bringing value. When you walk into a room, you're expected to deliver something, and you better deliver it. Um, show that they, that they can use you. Show that they, they can't leave that room without offering you that job because you bring too much value. They have to offer you that scholarship. They have to give you that starting running back job. Whatever it is that you're chasing after, show that you bring value to that position that no one else can bring. And that uh, brings us to like another small point of finding your niche. Like what, what is your little specialty that no one else has? You know what I mean? When it comes to me in football, I'm not a flashy dude. I'm not, uh, I'm not going to have that 80 yard bomb down the middle of the field or down the sideline. You know, I'm not a crazy blow off the top type guy, but I'm the dirty grinder blue collar dude that's going to go across the middle and keep moving those chains for you when you need a, a first down on third and fourth down. I'm the one you're looking at. So it's doing that dirty job. It's bringing value in that essence. You know what I mean? And, just being an asset to a team, to an organization, to a business. And like I said, bringing value, creating opportunity for yourself. That is the main point of this podcast. And um, I know Luke has some stuff to touch on that. Yeah. So the first two points I, I referenced in the very beginning of this podcast, the idea of uh, first it's getting interest. Second, it's okay. You have the interest. Now you're getting the job. And then third, how the hell are you keeping the job? Cause getting the job is cool because my, my dad, I've been fortunate enough to grow up with a dad who, was a, you know, a VP of a company, um, corporate guy, you know? And he told me as I got into the workforce and I've had more and more like intelligent conversations with him over the last few years, he's like, dude, you'll be surprised at the amount of times that people ask for a raise by doing the job. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where it's just like, what? What do you mean by doing that? Like doing the job? Because you know, literally their qualifications that we hire them for, they do those things and they ask for a raise for doing those things, which is like, no, I'm paying you for that job. So the idea of bringing value of, uh, I'll tie this all into a second. So when I worked for free for Jordan Palmer years ago, or three years ago, whatever it was, he asked me one time after I was only taking his Instagram story. And that, mind you, that was with my iPhone 6. An iPhone 6, it was a press play and then stop and then put a caption on Instagram. Yeah, that's not hard, but that's what I, that was my job. That was the responsibility I was given. He asked me if uh, I could bring a, a, if I had a camera and if I could take a video and like create like a 60 second, like Instagram video for him. Um, one, I didn't have a camera, but I found my dad had a camera. Two, from 8 p.m. So he asked me that on like probably 9 a.m. On, uh, on a Friday morning. Saturday at 9 a.m., he had another session with some professional quarterbacks that he wanted me to uh, record. From 8 p.m. to about 6 a.m. the next day, I watched that 10 hours that much content on YouTube to figure out how to use the camera I was doing 
that I'd never picked up a camera before on my phone. And I shot him a 60 second Instagram video because that's what he asked to. That's how we can provide value. I never picked up a camera before 10 hours. Didn't sleep. <laughs> 10 hours didn't sleep three rock stars. And that was the idea. I'm not saying I have to go to that extreme, but that's the idea of like, that was the value he asked for. And that was what I was going to provide. And the best compliment I've ever been given on the field, off the field by anybody besides my, my family or my girlfriend is the idea of, uh, you hear this sometimes like this guy's a problem solver. Like there's a problem and he's a solve. Like he's going to figure out how to fi- like solve it. I got told a year ago, my best quality was figured out of this. Like it's not even a word, but if you take it like the core of it, it's not to like to boost my own, like, you know, to my own horn or anything. It's the idea of everybody can be really damn good at figured out of this. Cause it literally somebody has a problem. How are you going to bring values to solve that problem? That's all it is. Whether it's on the field, whether it's they need this position in this company, whether it's this person needs help scheduling appointments and they only need help for 35 minutes a week. If you can provide them that value, it's more value than anybody else will be providing them. If you can wax the balls before practice, that's more value than anybody else is providing them. If you can pump the balls up before practice, <laughs> if you can keep score during the tennis match in high school because you want to be, you want to handle you know, the equipment on the football team and the coaches talk. You know, you're providing more value than somebody else. You know I mean? If you want to take notes in the meeting that you shouldn't even be in, but you ask if you can be in there to take notes. It's the simple stuff of, if you provide value, the important people will notice, one. Two, you're going to learn. You're going to provide better value down the line because you're going to learn about how to provide value the first couple of times. And you might suck at it, to be honest, at the beginning. You might be terrible. You might provide value and they're like, I mean, this was a waste of your time. Why'd you do it? But that's a learning experience. You know, it wasn't a failure. You learned. Yeah. So the, the idea of bringing value is something that one, Caleb is phenomenal about knowing how to do it because he had, he, he had, I mean, if you listen to the first and second episode where he talks about his journey, I mean, from no D1 offers to a walk-on to a double walk-on to a double walk-on to a scholarship guy. There are very few people in college football that have that story and that journey. And this is a guy that knows how to provide value. So when we talk about it, it's, again, it's not the answer. It's our answer. It's something that, something that has worked for me, uh, a few things that have worked for Caleb, and the idea of maybe a thing from Caleb that he says and a thing from me makes sense. You combine them, and that's how you provide value for whatever your situation is. But do not eliminate it because you don't play sports or because you don't want to go into business or because our situations might not be relevant to you. Extract them combine them and then use them for you because anything we say could be used for you. If you really just like put the effort and thought into like, how do I combine these ideas and then, you know, bring them to me. Absolutely. I think uh, anybody that's listening can take any one of these points we talked about and apply it to their life in any aspect. Um, It doesn't matter what work you're in, like Luke said. Um, And I hope you guys have listened this far. Um, I'm really appreciative of it. Um, you know, we love hearing about what you guys have to say about the podcast. If you have any questions, please DM us, um, on OGFY or our personal accounts. If there's anything you want to hear us talk about, please let us know. We'd love to talk about them. Um, also I'm going to be coming out with a video, um, strictly for high school kids. If you guys are listening, um, high schools and, and incoming freshmen of college, um, pretty much the how to do of what we just talked about. And I'm going to get more specific to football in that video. Um, and, and it might be a podcast. I don't know yet. We're figuring it out. But um, there's going to be a lot of value in that video slash podcast, whatever it is. So please, please, please take the time to listen to this podcast and be ready for a video 
slash podcast coming soon. So, so we appreciate it. To end the podcast on one of the questions that him and I always ask each other. Uh, here's a question for you. Question of the podcast, question of the day yep. is, uh, what is the most minuscule, you know, smallest action you've taken that has actually ended up being one of the biggest results you could have asked for besides the DM that you sent to Washington State because you talked about that because that was just a DM and it turned into a whole like, opportunity. Yeah. What's like a, a small action you took that actually was a big output. It was a big result that you, at the time maybe you're like, is this even worth it? And then you, you look back and be like, dude, that was so worth it times 10. Um, blowing up my knee and getting hurt was uh, <clears throat> probably the best thing that ever happened to me. I was, um, I was on my high horse. I just transferred. I just earned a scholarship. Um, I'm getting ready to play against my, you know, one of my best friends, one of, you know, my other friends from Washington State. We're supposed to play week three. Um, and I can honestly tell you, like, I just felt like I was, I kind of, I didn't lose my love for football, but I was playing in a selfish way. I was trying to get through practice. I was trying to stay healthy um, through fall camp just to get to the season, just to get to that Washington State game. And I was looking forward to that game so much that, um, man, I got everything stripped of me at that game. And um, when I got hurt against Northwestern my uh, first year at Nevada, um, and I was in such a dark place. Um, but in that dark place, man, I met some fucking great people that I'm still best friends with to this day um, that I met through rehab that I probably wouldn't have been friends with if I didn't, you know, go to rehab. Um, Tyler Crandall, I talked about him. Uh, he's a phenomenal. Reese Neville, uh, Sheldon, you know, just these guys that are just great surrounding that I met through that process and that brought me up. Um, Griffin Don, who got hurt with me. Um, we actually started a podcast in college uh, while we were hurt. Um, and just going through that and then really finding my love for football again. And then if I didn't get hurt, I wouldn't have had another year. I probably wouldn't have met my girlfriend. Um, you know what I mean? I definitely wouldn't probably be here with OGFY. So there's just, everything happens for a reason. I'm a firm believer in that. Um, and that's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. I got super close with some of my coaches um, and now they're, they're friends for life. Um, so just because something happens, man, bad, good, whatever, just take it for what it is and learn from it. Um, you know what I mean? I think that's probably one of the best things that ever happened to me, just looking back. Because then I had a great comeback year. I found my love for football. And I can 100% tell you that I put everything I have into every single play because you never know that's going to be your last. And that goes for everything in life. Well, there you go. It's a hell of a <laughs> Yeah, so, I got a little, I got a little, uh, you know, serious right there, but I mean, no, that's I, all right. I, just, it's a, I believe it's a good it. Good end of the podcast. So again, guys, we appreciate you. Thank you for giving us your time. And, uh, we really, really appreciate all the support because we've got quite a few DMS and, uh, just quite a few messages about, uh, things that you guys want to hear. Um, yeah. some good quotes that, uh, you know, have actually hit, hit home pretty well. You guys listen to them while you're running, while you're driving. I've actually had somebody say, dude, it was, awesome. I was in aisle 12 of Rouse and you guys said something and I actually, <laughs> didn't, I didn't choose something. I was in aisle 12. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, boom, boom. The whole podcast right there was, that was for was, sure the Oreo aisle. <laughs> yeah, it was probably, it was probably, actually, Double think about it, thinking about it, I think it was a cookie aisle to be honest with you. <laughs> know, thinking about it, it could have been me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Was that, yeah. Was that you? Um, but no, we appreciate it. Please like subscribe, uh, rate, please. You know, if you like, think we're five stars, please give it to us. Um, and like I said, we appreciate it. So we got some good stuff coming for you guys. So stay tuned. Yep. Again, thank you guys. We really appreciate you. OGFY signing off. <laughs>